I'm Jody, and I'm Erin and today we are talking about astrology and your natal chart or birth chart and why this matters then we're going to go into some music that Jody's listening to and a little bit of dish bish at the end all right so what is a natal chart and why does it matter or a birth chart when most people think about astrology or their zodiac sign they think I'm a Pisces or I'm a Libra or I'm a Cancer or whatever and if you have ever felt like I don't 100% identify with my sign that can be because you're not looking at the whole picture so the birth chart or the natal chart is the whole picture of it it takes a screenshot of where the stars and planets and everything were at your exact birth place and time so that you have a fuller picture. So like, while, for instance, you might say I'm a Pisces, the Pisces is actually what's called my sun sign. And you have several other signs that play into making up your polar personality or or kind of different things about your life. And so, yeah, I'm going to try to keep it a little bit more surface level and make this something that's understandable if you really don't know a lot about it. So if you are already like, an astrology pro you know all of this you can read any birth chart you may not get a ton out of this but if you are newer this is definitely going to be just a good introduction to helping understand what it is what it's all about and all of that and I just think they're kind of fun I've been so looking forward to this episode because I'm one of those people too where like I'm a Taurus and most of the things I read are pretty accurate but when I read other people's I think well like maybe that's that doesn't really sound like them. And it's so interesting when you try to explain a little bit to me before about how it's not just you're a Taurus, like you're parts of a little bit of different things. It just depends on like the time you were born, right? Like where the time, everything, like so many things go into it. It's so crazy. Yeah. Okay. So there's a few different types of charting systems. There's the I believe I might, I hope I don't butcher the name Plasodius, which is the most common. And there's different ones. I figure going that deep into it is not something that you probably care about, but just knowing there are different ways to look at it. And a lot of ours are going to be centered around this just because it is the most common one used by astrologers. And also I'm going to link everything we reference in the show notes. So if you hear something and you're like, oh, that would be interesting. I want to see that or I want to whatever, it should be in the show notes and you can check it out there. All right. So one of the first aspects that we're going to talk about. We're going to look at the elements, which is air, water, fire, planets, and then the houses. But on the houses, we're not going to go too in depth, more just kind of mentioning those and giving a higher level overview. The elements are earth, water, fire, and air. Most people have heard of these, even if you're not too deep into astrology. Earth signs are Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo. That's me. Yes, Jody's a Taurus, so she's <laughs> a sign. And the earth characteristics are supposedly value security, don't really like situations that risk their security. They look out for the best interest of others, resourceful, and know how to make a little go a long way. Also, they bougie. <laughs> they do like finer things in life. It's, I'm going to say it's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and they can be stubborn and resistant to change, practical, grounded in reality, and very persistent. Amen. Which I do feel like that's pretty accurate. I don't know. I, feel like I think so. I think so for me. I mean, I don't know. 
Yeah, water signs are Pisces, Scorpio, and Cancer. I am a Pisces, so I'm a water sign. Mm -hmm. And water characteristics are extremely observant, can feel emotions very intensely, crave inclusion, and will go to great length to seek it out. Easily distracted, mysterious, and guarded, extremely creative, and have a great imagination. Fire signs are Leo, Aries, and Sagittarius. Their characteristics are that they are passionate and have larger-than-life personalities, incredible instincts, ability to seize opportunities, fun, they know how to have a good time, vulnerable, and often try to cover this up with projected displays of strength. They have a compassionate side, they're action-oriented, and good at mind-over-matter things. They tend to be more independent, love freedom, and not like people who are too clingy. Air signs are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, and their characteristics are very intelligent, hard to read, good communicators, adventurous and fun-loving, logic over emotional decision makers. They tend to be philosophical thinkers, free-spirited, and like to do things on their own terms. Okay, so now we're going to look at some of the planets. And there are more than this, but I'm going to just look at five because I want to keep it digestible. (laughs) See, even this stuff, I didn't know, like the planets and like the houses. I don't even know what that means. It's so fun. Yeah, I know. I think it's so interesting, but I, I do feel like when you're new to it and you hear some of the astrology stuff where it's like, because Saturn is in the fifth house and the third night of, it can get really like, um, you're like, what? <laughs> like a little you overwhelming. Yeah. Because it is a lot to take in, especially if you don't already know what that stuff means. So yeah. Okay. So we're going to look at just a few of the planets. I picked the ones that I think are the most common or the most, I don't know. I don't want to say like the top five, but the sun sign, the moon sign, your rising or your ascendant sign is one that people are talking about a lot lately. And then I, these two, I just think are really interesting, Chiron and Venus. So we will explain what those mean here in a second. All right, so your sun sign. This is when I say I'm a Pisces, that means my sun sign is Pisces. The sun sign is your core, foundational, ego, creative, self-expression. It's kind of your natural instincts that you are born with. So Jody's sun sign is Taurus. Yes. And we're going to kind of talk, I'm going to kind of just break down what these mean in each of ours and have some discussion there. Again, I will have links so that you can look yours up as well if you want to see what these say about yours because there is some interesting stuff in here. So Taurus natives are sensual folk. (laughs) And this includes sex, but extends to pleasure in all areas. They delight in sensual pleasures of food, a comfortable blanket, a richly colored aquarium to look at, the smell of flowers or spring rain, music, and so forth. They're hardworking. Their fixed and comfort-loving nature sometimes makes them appear lazy, but this is only because they separate work and leisure so well. They're strong-willed, charming, tolerant, pleasure-seeking. They seek pleasure and good things in life, and they appreciate music and arts. I feel like that's pretty accurate. I don't have an aquarium, but... (laughs) Well, I think it's an example (laughs) like having, I guess, like beautiful things to look at. I do, yeah, I do. (laughs) 
that's pretty accurate. Like I, I, yeah. that was pretty accurate for yeah. you, honestly. <laughs> Mine is the one where I sometimes don't a hundred percent connect to it or feel like there will be some examples uh, that I'm learning. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. But there are other things where sometimes in like the Pisces realm where I feel like it's not where it's I don't know, like I, I don't necessarily. So it's interesting. But okay, so Pisces, it says as the twelfth and last sign of the zodiac, Pisces contains within itself a little experience of all the signs. This gives Pisces sons the ability to identify with people from all walks of life, from all backgrounds in some way. These individuals are not only changeable and adaptable, but they have open minds and tremendous understanding. Pisces itself is often misunderstood though. Spiritually tuned to a higher purpose, deep love for humanity and compassionate, gifts of insight and creativity. And they also tend to be absent-minded and spacey and late. (laughs) <laughs> Which I, I do feel like of those things is pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> there was an example I saw somewhere. It was like, if you're a Pisces, you probably don't set something down in the same place twice. And like at least once a day, walk into a room and forget what you were doing. And I was like, yeah, I definitely <laughs> relate to that. There are things that I relate to just some, every once in a while, I'm like, mm, what? <laughs> Okay, so your rising or your ascendant, which you may have heard of, I know this is something that's almost like trending right now. People talk about like, oh, what's your rising sign? Your rising sign or the ascendant symbolizes basic personality traits such as physical appearance, temperament, behavior, relationship to life, and the first impression that you give people. The ascendant persona, this was something that I found on a site, so I'm going to read it. It says this, the ascendant persona is one that was forced upon us by family conditioning. For example, parents may label their Libra ascendant child the nice one, their Aries ascendant child the independent one. And their Pisces ascendant child is generally the space cadet of the family. Jody is Capricorn. They are generally very image conscious people. The clothes they wear and their manner are a big deal to them. They want to appear successful and they generally succeed. Capricorn rising people adopted a strong sense of tradition, family, and responsibility at a very young age. And they also are generally big on family and forever worry about security for themselves and their dependents. I feel like that's accurate for you. I think that's really accurate for me, for sure. I mean, not if you looked at me right now, but that's why it's uh, audio, not visual. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely can see that. Yeah. Go show. And then my ascendant is an Aries. And so it says that people with Aries ascendant are decisive. They want to be active and have the power to enforce their intentions. They want to discover their own abilities and they do not want to wait for what comes from outside. They are introverts. It will take a while before they find assertiveness that is typical for Aries and they get what they want. If this fails, they might get frustrated or have temper tantrums, (laughs) which I don't feel like I have temper. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen you throw a temper tantrum. And also like the assertive thing, like maybe years ago you weren't so much, but like now I don't think you have any trouble like yeah. Sort of getting your point across, taking yeah, care of business. Yeah, although it does take them a while to find it. So maybe it's like. Yeah. Like, 
So there you go. Introverts, which for me, I always feel like I'm in that both introvert and extrovert because I love being around people and going out and being social, but I also have some very introverted tendencies as well. So, okay. So that was our ascendant signs. And now we're going to look at the moon signs. The moon sign is where we see our emotional instincts, habits, and moods. And Jody's moon is in Aries. People with a moon in Aries tend to live in the moment and have a hard time waiting for things to happen. Whims of the moment can take precedent in their lives. Emotional issues take precedence as well. There is simply no pussy footing around when it comes to dealing with feelings. I'm sorry. I, I'm 11. Sorry. It is hard for them to see the long term or to wait for things to happen. Instant gratification rules. They take things very personally and can deal with problems by facing them right on so that they don't have to spend too much time stressing over something that's bothering them. And they're generally ruled by their own emotional needs. They're not always as concerned about others' needs. Somehow, though, they have people around them often scrambling to help solve their problems or do things for them. And there's an aura of childlike innocence around lunar Aryans (laughs) when they're getting their way that can be very charming. I mean, I want to say, yeah, but I don't, I don't think that I put my stuff before everyone else's all. Do you think I do? You can say it. I won't get mad. Do I like put my emotions before other people's? I think it just depends on the situation. Yeah. For sure. I was trying to like see how it was worded. I mean, I know like I, I always want everyone to like be happy. And I know that I have put other people's emotions just to make sure other people are happy. I don't know, before my own. But I de- with the whole like instant gratification thing is definitely accurate. For sure. <laughs> For sure. I'll admit that. And then my moon is in Scorpio. And so it says, while others may find security and comfort in material things, moon and Scorpio people seek out emotional intensity. No matter what, there is something very intense about lunar Scorpios. They are diggers when it comes to the world of emotion. They can see beyond facades and cut right to the core of a person. Doing things halfway or having meaningless relationships simply doesn't fulfill them. Lunar Scorpios want all or nothing. Moon and Scorpio people tend to have a strong fear of betrayal and seek out commitment. They are courageous, brave, independent, not a fearful nature, and a very sensual and progressive person. Oh, no pussy button with you. (laughs) So many of mine are like just so intense and I'm like, I'm not that, am I? I'm not that intense. No, no. All the time. At the same time, there are elements of that that I relate to. Like, I hate small talk and pointless Mm -hmm. relationships. I'm just like, I don't even want to waste my time with that. I do care more about deeper, meaningful conversation or having like an emotional connection with someone. Just surface level superficial to me is just, I don't know, annoying. No, absolutely. I just think the way they worked it too was just like, make it sound like it's so intense. So intense. It was just so much. And then there's a lot, and this is a lot with Pisces too, about like, seen beyond and like cutting to the core of a person I feel like there's an element of it I feel like I can do that but I also have to wonder how many other people feel like they can do that too like everybody always thinks that they size somebody up well so I don't know that's me just thinking like yeah I can tell (laughs) no I really just from like knowing you as well as I do I think that that's pretty accurate like you're pretty you're a really good judge of character from people and I feel like you're really good at seeing the red flags on people (laughs) yeah yeah Which is why I end up like not getting very far with dating most of the time. (laughs) So 
that's all right. So I think those are the main, main ones. Your sun sign, your rising sign, and your moon sign. Those are going to be, I think, the top three most common or most ones that maybe people reference or understand. And then I added two more just to give, because I think these are interesting and to give you an idea of just how much more there is to the picture of this. So Chiron, this is your greatest wound. So it's basically supposed to tell you where maybe your greatest like pain or hardship or whatever might be. And so this one I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Jody and I both have Chiron in Gemini. The greatest wound when you're in Gemini is it says you believe in the power of the mind and the concept of mind over matter, as well as the power of conversation, expressing oneself unapologetically and so forth. But you don't always practice this yourself. In fact, you can either speak too much or too little or more likely swing between these two extremes, never feeling entirely comfortable talking, feeling guilty for saying too much or too little and questioning whether you represented yourself accurately. You're quick to help others with information and advice and very skilled at it. Most importantly, your desire to help is genuine. I guess sometimes I think of myself as being able to communicate really well because I have Mm -hmm. a degree in communication. But I also think I've worked really hard to kind of improve and better that. And I do probably have by nature those tendencies to not say something when I should or more than not now say too much. I ramble and maybe just lose my point. I don't know. I could see that. Oh, mine's the same as yours, isn't it? It is. We're the same. So. All right. And then Venus, I just threw this one in because I think it's fun. (laughs) This is the one that is uh, romance, love, femininity, money, and pleasure. I am am Capricorn. And it says, if you have Venus and Capricorn, love and affection are expressed in cautious, reserved, and serious ways. You're probably not that demonstrative towards the ones you love. You care very much what other people think of you and you desire love and appreciation, yet your reserved responses make it appear that you're really detached. Casual, superficial relationships don't interest you at all. You're cautious and serious about love, and you want a deep, genuine, lasting love. You're old-fashioned and traditional regarding courtship and love and will remain faithful to your loved one in good times and bad. You may be attracted to persons older than yourself, someone who is emotionally mature and reliable and who can provide the security and be loyal, trustworthy, patient, and steadfast. Which I feel Wait like a minute. What? Did the person, that's what I was going to say. Did the person that wrote this, like, do they know you? Because I feel like that is so accurate for you. Down to the like older than you thing and like, because they can't even be like a year younger than you. no that's definitely really accurate though like because you know and I think we get you when you're in your 30s and that too like you don't want to waste your time on something like if you know it's not gonna like be something of value or something serious in the future then you just don't want to waste your time on it you don't have time for the games and you know so I feel like that's definitely accurate for you which is funny because I think I was just saying that too on one of the other things but yeah I feel like that one is really accurate for me yeah all right Jody is a Gemini yeah well for Venus so she has Venus and Gemini so her again that's pleasure romance love femininity money Venus and Jody has Venus and Gemini. So this is a sign of youth. These people have a strong urge to prevent stagnation and maintain flexibility in their relationships. 
They believe that relationship without freedom is deemed to fail. Venus and Gemini can be more compared with love, with love bud rather than love in full bloom. So it must be given the opportunity to bloom. These people like diversity and they have a spark that is here to illuminate their love. People with Venus and Gemini typically make friends and acquaintances very easily. They like to meet people. Sexual and family relationships are their heart, but diverse social relationships are their lungs that breathe life into their being. This one was worded kind of weird. I'm sorry. Wow. (laughs) No, I love it when it gets weird. I'd say that's pretty accurate. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. My relationships are really important to me, but I also think that you got to have a life. Absolutely. That's what I got from it. I've heard you say before that I know when it comes to like one of your biggest pet peeves with relationships is when people are controlling and you don't Mm -hmm. have the freedom to kind of be your autonomous self or whatever the freedom is that you're needing. And so I definitely think that speaks to that element. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So those are the only planets that we're going to look at. And then houses, I really just want to kind of basically brush the surface of. There are 12 houses. Each house has something different in it. And when we look at these, it can impact certain things. So if we have certain pieces of our chart that fall into, you're looking at the house that it falls into as well as the sign. And that's that whole picture. So you've got like your planet, but then you also have the house. And so it's just an additional layer that gives more information. For example, the 12th house is related to endings, healing, closure, spirituality, solitude, afterlife, what's hidden, or spirituality, limiting beliefs. So there's a uh, chart that kind of shows you what each of the 12 houses are that I'll link in the show notes as well. But the third house is more communication and social relationships. The second house has more to do with money, material possessions and habits, work, things like that. So basically just each of the houses represents something separate is what I'm getting at there. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, wanted to make sure I call them out and note that they are there for an additional layer. I've never heard of that before either. Yeah. I think when you're just getting started, it's a lot to take in. So now we're going to move into Joe Jam. Joe Jam that we're never going to change the name of. Well, nobody's given me a name. Yeah, I mean, we're we're open to suggestions if you guys want to send us a message on Instagram. Yes, feel free to DM us with new uh, titles for this section. You but did. I told you, right. well, I'm going to call it that if you don't come up with a new name. And then she didn't. So I feel like I have to keep honor my word. <laughs> so if you are basically have any interest at all in country music, you have heard Luke Combs' new songs. I think he released five new ones. I've been listening to Forever After All. It is so good. Literally everything that that man releases is just incredible. And I have also been listening to Janae Aiko, BS. I just love that song. I think, I think I, it was like on your playlist or something when we were in Tennessee last night, maybe, or I was like playing something on Spotify and yeah. And it came on and I was like, I just love that. I have to like save that. So I've been listening to those. Wait, what's that one? There's another one I was listening to at work the other day. And I think I sent you a picture and I was like kind of waiting for someone to hear it, but no one heard it that I got five on it. I got five on it. Yeah, girl. Those three. All right. Now, I'm a dish, bish. <laughs> That's what I wish that people could see this. 
Because <laughs> your dance moves are so amazing. Well, maybe sometime we can do when we record it, we can record the video on it too and post it on YouTube. I think we should. I don't know how many people would really be interested in that, but I would. Let us know if you are. <laughs> if anyone messages us and lets and says they want to see that, we'll post it. It doesn't we'll take, say no, it doesn't don't do take that. much. <laughs> like, your, your audio is enough. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm sure that's not going to be a high demand. All right. <laughs> dish bish. Dish, okay, dish. so these are a little bit more personal questions and just like hotter topics. So I just have a few questions for this section that we're going to go through based on some of the astrology stuff. Earth signs can take longer to move into relationships but the earth signs in astrology can also be quicker to commit. They value security, so they're not afraid of commitment. So when it comes to commitment, when was your first committed relationship or your first boyfriend? Oh my gosh, Erin. Tell us all about it. I've been in a relationship since I was 13 years old. I swear to God, I think the longest I was single was for like two weeks. Like in high school, I had them lined up. Like if I was going to get ready to like split up with one, the next one was like, I was ready for it. No, I mean, it wasn't like that. Like <laughs> lined up. But no, I was my, my first relationship. Cause you know, I talked about going camping all the time on the weekends. And I don't, there was this boy out there. I was 13 and I thought he was cute. And, but he was my first boyfriend and we were together for like, I think like nine months. We all hands a lot, but like, I remember he always wanted to, um, he wanted to like make out in front of my mom all the time, which was really weird. And then he told a friend of his that the only reason he dated me was because he wanted to get with my mom. I can't believe I'm saying that right now, but yeah. What? <laughs> I think he was 14. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, dating someone now that wanted to get with my mom. That's weird, but yeah. ew. But I'll take the name part out. Yeah. Oh, you want to know who it was? I do. I'll take it out. Okay. It was and you, he had the most beautiful blonde bowl cut that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. My age is right now, but like back then, like, like the blonde bowl cuts were so cute. And I just saw him out of the campgrounds. And like, I just remember he had on these baggy jeans and like a red jersey, just like the tank top jersey. I don't remember exactly what was on it, but I just remember seeing him out there and being like, he's so cute. And I think I had mutual friends and like they told him that I had a crush on him. So he called me up and was like, you want to be my girlfriend? And I was like, yeah, but you know how, like, I am basically FBI and I know everybody's passwords to things. And like, well, I did and I could get into everything. Well, I was snooping and got in his email and found out he was emailing some girl and like basically was cheating on me with some girl. So I broke up with him. At 13? Yeah. It was really dramatic. I feel like you had so many more, like, like your your 13th year was so much more exciting than mine. I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. He was was a nice dude. That was my first relation, my first like real relationship. Aw, that's cute. So what about your first? What was yours? It wasn't on my plans, but what about your first kiss? My first kiss was with him. We were at the campgrounds and um, we were walking. There was like trails, like golf cart trails out there. And I was 13 and obviously my parents aren't going to let me like take their golf cart then. So we were walking on the trails at night and he just turned and like, just turned and kissed me. And it was really um, uncomfortable, but you know, yeah, he was my boyfriend. That's really cute. Oh my gosh. I feel like you so embarrassing. Mine are just kind of like disappointing. No, you have to tell yours. Well, well, 
my first boyfriend was not until I was like um, 17. And it's okay. Well, okay. So, but to just preface like, that, I, I, I would have had a boyfriend sooner if I had, like, I did not, I did not go to, I graduated high school so early that I didn't have a lot of those like normal high school experiences, uh, like prom and stuff like that. So I think there were, you know, maybe some missed opportunities there, but, and then it was just like <laughs> kind of crappy, but, um, and then my first kiss, <laughs> this is so romantic. Um, I think I was 15. <laughs> in a hot tub with a college boy and tequila. And tequila. I feel like I shouldn't, I, that's why I don't wanna tell that story because it's like gross. <laughs> um, so that was my first kiss and getting, got, yep, got things off to rock and start with that one. So. Um, such a beautiful story. It really is. <laughs> which leads me to my next question. And so water signs, which I am, are more emotional. And while they can go without romance, it won't be good for them for too long. They need someone who can spice things up sometimes since they might avoid it, which I always think that's interesting because everything with like water signs and Pisces is all about just like so much intense emotions and romance. And I mean, mm. it's not like I'm against Again, like I want that emotional connection, but I've, I've never thought of myself as someone who's super romantic or always needing romance and needing a relationship. In fact, I'm usually single. So it's, I don't know, it's just weird. All right. But that leads me into my question of what is the most and or least romantic thing that someone has ever done for you? Least romantic is every day of my life. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, the most romantic thing um, I can remember. So this is someone that I was dating in high school for a long time and I hesitate to give any details, but we, he played in a band and he played a guitar and he wrote me a song and like wrote it. It was just like a cute, like little thing. I, I don't think it was like a full on song, but it was like, just like a little thing. And I actually, I think I still have it like the written down thing because I'm so sentimental. Like, I don't care. He could have like, you could like, I don't know about like, you probably couldn't like murder someone that I care about or anything, but like, you could pretty much do me really dirty and I'm still going to appreciate the good things that you did for me. And I'm so sentimental. I've never thrown away pictures. You know, I've got countless home videos from like high school and like junior high even and college, but like, I still, I think I still have I need to see if I can find it. It's kind of embarrassing, but but he wrote, that's one thing like I remember that was really sweet. That was cute. Yeah. <laughs> what about the least romantic thing? Like uh, maybe a fail, like maybe where someone tried to do something romantic and you were like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. Can you think of something? So I was thinking of like most romantic thing and that's where, for me, it was the opposite. I was like, oh, I can think of a lot of either not, things that like were not romantic or things that people thought would hit different and like were not received well. But of actual romantic things people have done, have I told you about anything romantic somebody's done? I feel like nobody's, that's, this is going to sound so like, yeah, I could whatever, like, but I'm like, I don't think anybody's done anything romantic for No, me. the first one that comes to mind is like the guy that pretended to have to feed his cat and was like trying to be romantic. romantic but that, I would say that is one that was more of like a, it was not received well. 
I have several oh. examples of attempted romance that were not received well. Let's hear them. Just mean. All right. So first okay. one to mind is someone that I barely knew writing me a very long letter, like three pages long, saying that he would really love to date me and he would paint my toenails every night. <laughs> and multiple times woven into this that like, I'm not a creepy guy. I'm actually a Christian man. And I just would love to pamper you and rub your feet and I could paint your toenails every night. Like this was so, it was very weird. It was a lot. And like, we had not at that point, even had really like a conversation. So it was just like a right out the gate, like the opener. I mean, I think it's kind of sweet. Like I feel like he had good intentions, but why is he got to talk about your feet so much? It was weird. And anytime you have to that many times, like reassure me that you're not a creepy guy. You're definitely creepy. You're a creepy guy. Yeah. And then the other one, this one, honestly, I actually don't want to put in like the creep because he was a nice guy. It was just an awkward thing. But we went on a date and it was fine. It went well. And we were meeting up with some friends. I was following him because I was going to stay at Jody's after we hung out or whatever and met up with friends. We start driving and then he calls me and he was like I have to turn around I forgot to feed my cat so I'm like okay yeah let's turn so I turn around and I follow him back to his house and then I'm like what do I just like set my car do I go in he's like you can come in and I was like okay so I go in and we get in and all the lights are off he doesn't really turn them on and so we're just like standing in his house he turns like one light on I don't know it was it was weird and he's just standing there like what is he doing like I thought he had to feed his cat this is weird and then he just kind of like looks at me and that like deep in my eyes and he's like (laughs) I didn't really have to feed my cat (laughs) it's <laughs> like, oh crap. This is where I die. <laughs> this is where I die. This is how I die. Yeah. Um, he's like, I just wanted to do this. And then he proceeded to like kiss me very awkwardly. So yeah, that was a failed one. And <laughs> I, I know. Aww. Why? I have so many failed, <laughs> so many failed romances. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I forget even the one that I was actually going to say. Like the good yeah. better than those. Yeah. Oh, there is, but maybe I'll save it for another time. Okay, so then this is my last one. Some say that Taurus is the number one scariest sign when mad. Supposedly they can get violent and obsessive and no one can calm them down. Which is interesting because I don't I was a little surprised that Taurus, since Jody is a Taurus, was the number one on this. So what's the craziest thing you ever did when you were mad, anyways? Oh my gosh, when I was mad, mm. I definitely have been one to like throw things when I've been really mad. But that was before, that was when we were, I think you were there actually when we were engaged. Really? I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, it was. Wait, was that when he was hanging out with that girl? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't witness, but I do remember that. We went to a party in Bloomington, I think. I think that was that party we went to. And then when we were on our way back, I found out where he was. And then um, that girl's car was like across the street. And I was like, hey who's that and he's like the neighbor and I was like what neighbor and he pointed to this house and I was like how the hell would you know so I just go into the house and she's right there and it was you know it was a fun night um I, I think I definitely have better coping mechanisms now for when I get mad but I used to I used to just I don't know I was a thrower I throw things all right craziest thing I ever did when I was mad I now I think within the last like several years I feel like I don't get really crazy when I'm mad 
I feel like I can keep my cool pretty well. When I was younger, honestly, this is one I don't even really want to tell because it is like actually a little crazy. So I'll tell it because that's the question. It's fine. The craziest thing I ever did when I was mad, I remember there was this girl that I worked with at a salon. I was probably 18 then. I just remember yelling at this coworker and that for whatever reason, like we were in some tip and I was like, well, say it to my face, bitch. I thought I was so hard. (laughs) Oh, but it gets worse (laughs) because then she got really upset, you know, naturally and started crying. And this is awful. To which once I realized she was crying, rather than thinking like, oh, you've taken it too far. No, instead... I laughed like a crazy person and said, yeah, that's what I thought, you weak-ass bitch. Yeah, it was just a crazy bitch. Like, in retrospect, like, I remember as an 18-year-old thinking, like, I'm a hard-ass bitch. You were, though. And thinking, like, freaking fight me then. Say it to my face, huh? That's exactly, like, it's funny to say it now, but that's exactly how you were. Say this now. It's so trashy, I feel like. I swear to God, we can watch watch the old home videos that I've got from when we were in cosmetology school because that's exactly how you were like oh my gosh mean. where now I feel like looking back on that I'm like no I was a teenager who was talking a bunch of smack and <laughs> acting totally inappropriate in the workplace like again there were no clients I think we were closed actually but still it was trashy <laughs> and um there's probably more stories of me acting trashy if you go back far enough so it is what it no, is no <laughs> no that's the only one no it's, it's the one that stood out though to me as like just because the circumstances of it the fact that it was like in the workplace it wasn't like we were out with some friends and I was drinking and it was I don't know like it wasn't a normal it, to me that one was the worst because it was it was just the most crazy like again I don't even know what I was mad at her about I just remember she was talking smack and I was like Mm-mm. who's that girl bad baby Danielle Brigoli I wasn't quite on that level fortunately but I mean I had my moments I guess cash me outside <laughs> how about that all right oh I don't want to end on that note that's what we're ending on I guess unfortunately I'm out of questions so that's what we're gonna end on guys how about that catch me outside <laughs> catch us on Instagram yes thanks for listening subscribe give us a review and follow us on Instagram at boom tequila podcast and we'll catch you next time bye, bye.